tucked away in beautiful New Orleans Square is a hidden place that few Disneyland guests have the opportunity to visit. It is a place of history, mystique, and intrigue, a place where the finest culinary experiences are available, highlighting both the seasons and its New Orleans heritage. A place where one can sit in its Salon Nouveau to enjoy an alcoholic beverage and live jazz or savor an expertly curated five-course meal in Le Grand Salon. Its exclusivity is matched only by its price, and its history goes back to Walt Disney himself. This place is Club 33, and it is our next destination in Discoveryland. Howdy, folks! Your attention, please. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, to all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hello, and welcome to Discoveryland. My name is Victoria and I will be your guide on this adventure through yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. Situated on the west side of the park, New Orleans Square is nestled between Adventureland and Critter Country. Immediately in front of it lies the Rivers of America waterfront. It was the first land to be added to Disneyland following its 1955 opening. The idea for New Orleans Square was said to stem from a need to give guests a place to dine, shop, and rest. A sort of Main Street USA away from Main Street USA. Walt was also a lover of all things American, including the different parts of America that made it whole. He particularly loved New Orleans, Louisiana, where he and his wife Lillian Disney would routinely visit and hunt for antiques. But unlike Main Street, which also contains restaurants, shops, and sitting areas, New Orleans Square would be designed to incorporate multiple attractions. Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion would be the highlights of the land, but they would be well hidden in what would become a highly detailed and immersive setting. In New Orleans Square, New Orleans is the star, and guests are transported back to pre-Civil War era 19th century New Orleans. In addition to its attractions, shops, and restaurants, New Orleans Square would also become the prime location for something else. When Walt Disney was constructing Disneyland, he thought it best to settle in and keep a constant eye on the construction. Disneyland would be his park, and it needed to live up to his expectations. He had an apartment constructed above the Main Street Firehouse, complete with a small kitchen and a bathroom with a shower. While beautifully appointed with antiques and fine furnishings, it was cozy at just 500 square feet. The apartment would serve its purpose for over a decade as a place Walt and his family could stay, but he wanted something bigger, something grander. So while developing New Orleans Square, he ordered the design and construction of a larger, more comfortable suite above the entrance of what would become Pirates of the Caribbean. 
The benefit of a larger living space with a bigger kitchen would also mean that he could host the VIPs who came to visit the park. He tasked film set decorator Dorothea Redmond with designing the architecture of the new apartment. Meanwhile, Emil Curry, another set decorator who had helped decorate the firehouse apartment, would be brought in to work with Lillian Disney to furnish what was referred to as the Royal Suite, named after Royal Street in New Orleans Square. Of course, Walt Disney was never a man to settle. He was constantly envisioning ways that he could plus an attraction or improve operations on the service end of things. So his idea for what would just be a grand suite to stay in while at the park and entertain his guests would evolve into something greater. What if he took things even further and created a special place outside of the apartment that he could use to entertain his corporate sponsors, dignitaries, and celebrities? a place that they could exclusively access while visiting Disneyland. Walt had previously considered the idea of a lounge that could be installed for the various corporate sponsors of the park, such as General Electric, Monsanto, and Ford, among others. Now, above New Orleans Square, he would have the perfect space to make this a reality. In designing Club 33, Walt again recruited Dorothea Redmond and Emil Curry to flesh out the design and decor of his new club. Like surrounding New Orleans Square, the club would need to fit in with a 19th century New Orleans aesthetic. The two primary components of Club 33 would be the main dining room and the trophy room. Both rooms would be located on the upper level of New Orleans Square, between Pirates of the Caribbean and the Creole Café, which is now known as Café Orleans. To access the club, a nondescript door was placed immediately to the right of the Blue Bayou restaurant. It contained the number 33 next to it, which was the address of the location on Royal Street. This is where the club's name comes from. Guests would ring the buzzer in order to be let inside. Upon entering, they would have the option of taking the stairs or riding in the French lift. This elevator was based on a design previously used in upper-class homes in the late 19th century. Reportedly, Walt found the lift in a hotel while visiting the French Quarter. After expressing interest in purchasing it, he was denied by the hotel. And so he sent one of his teams to New Orleans to take measurements and photos so that he could build his own. At the second floor landing, guests would arrive at the gallery. Straight ahead was the trophy room, and to their left, guests would pass the restrooms and head down the lounge alley hallway towards the main dining room. One of the prominent features in the gallery was an oak and glass panel telephone booth, which was based off the booth seen in the Disney film, The Happiest Millionaire. The trophy room, which was the smaller of the two dining areas, was designed to look like a hunter's den. The wood-paneled walls featured numerous hunters' relics, such as mounted animals, tribal masks, weapons, Lillian Disney's butterfly collection, and even a genuine mammoth tusk. One of the most unique features was a turkey vulture that was perched near the entry into the room. This was not just another one of the stuffed animals in the room, however. It was actually an audio animatronic, and its intent was to act as a spy of sorts. Microphones hidden in the lamp fixtures were intended to listen in on guests conversing during their meals. 
In another room, the cast member listening in would control the vulture to talk back to them. It is unclear if this feature was ever used, but it was abandoned early on given its invasive nature in what was supposed to be a private club. Down the hall, Lounge Alley contained a green harpsichord made for Lillian Disney's use in Club 33. Underneath the lid, Disney artists painted a Renaissance-style mural of the Mississippi River looking towards Jackson Square in New Orleans. Lounge Alley is also where the bar would be located, serving the finest alcoholic drinks and beverages available. The main dining room was appointed in the first empire fashion of the Napoleonic era. Beautifully decorated, it featured chandeliers, framed artwork, sculptures, parquet floors, and doorways leading onto the second-story balcony. There, members would be able to look down at the hustle and bustle of the park or relax with the thematic scenery around them. To help decorate his club, Walt visited New Orleans further with Lillian under the accompaniment of Emile Curry. There, they discovered art and antiques that they hauled back to California for installation. An example of one such antique that any Disneyland guest can access is the chandelier that hangs inside Mademoiselle Antoinette's Parfumerie in New Orleans Square. Altogether, Club 33 was designed to be the most exclusive and exquisite retreat in all of Disneyland. Club 33 opened in May 1967, just five months following Walt Disney's passing. The private suite and club meant to entertain his guests would never be seen to fruition by the man who dreamt them up. Construction on Walt's suite halted, opening two decades later as the Disney Gallery in 1987, then as the Disneyland Dream Suite in 2008, and most recently as the exclusive 21 Royal Street Dining Experience in 2018. Without Walt there to run things, the club was opened up privately to a small demographic of clientele willing to pay for the rights to wine and dine there. It is unclear if Walt had ever intended for Club 33 to be offered on a membership basis. It is known that he indeed wanted private space, partially to be used as his own living quarters while visiting the park, and partially to be shared with his corporate sponsors, business partners, and celebrities trying to escape from the busy park. Was his goal always to charge them to use the club when he was not around? Probably not. But as history would dictate, Club 33 would endure as the most exclusive part of Disneyland accessible only to its elite clientele and it would always be a source of secrecy, legend, and lore to non-members, many of whom do not know of its existence. Thanks to the internet, however, its existence is no longer much of a secret, and much of the lore has been explained. In 2013, it was announced that Club 33 would be undergoing its first extensive renovation and expansion, headed by Imagineer Kim Irvine. 
The highlight would be Le Salon Nouveau, which would be constructed above the French market restaurant. Apparently, Walt was never intent to stop at just a private suite and a restaurant. He also had the idea for a jazz club as part of his exclusive experience. Le Salon Nouveau serves as a lounge, complete with a bar, jazz piano, and theming inspired by Tiana's Place, the restaurant featured in the Disney film The Princess and the Frog. In keeping with Club 33 tradition, it is a beautifully appointed place and features plenty of Disney magic, including ornate glass paneling on the ceiling, plush booths, and art based on Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion. The old French lift sits in the jazz lounge as a small booth of sorts. A newly constructed wine cellar corridor connects Le Salon Nouveau to the newly constructed lobby. This new lobby replaces the original entry and lift area. Instead, members now enter through a new doorway below Lounge Alley Hallway. The ornate bas relief door features a subtle number 33 in the glass above it. After ringing the buzzer, the members are let into the beautiful courtyard, Le Court des Anges, or the Court of Angels, which was previously accessible to all Disneyland guests. In fact, many were upset when the Court of Angels was closed off to become part of Private Club 33. Once through the door, members have the option of taking the new ADA compliant elevator or taking the blue winding outdoor stairway up to the bright new lobby. There, they check in once again and are directed either into the jazz lounge or to their table in Le Grand Salon, which was formerly known as the main dining room. Lounge Alley and Le Grand Salon have been completely brightened up and redecorated with new furnishings, tables, chairs, and decor. However, the general layout of the dining area and many of the same features remain. Most notably, a fireplace in Le Grand Salon was removed and replaced with a large window, now infamously off center when looked at from the outside. Lillian Disney's harpsichord now sits in the lobby, where you can also find the animatronic vulture perched above a grandfather clock. The telephone booth, based on the happiest millionaire, has been relocated outdoors not far from the posh new restrooms. The restrooms themselves are quite a sight to behold in their own right. While I cannot speak to the men's restroom, I can tell you that the ladies' restroom is exquisitely decorated and contains an elaborate seating area at its entrance. The Club 33 logo itself was changed for the first time and is reflected in the signage, dinnerware, and merchandise, which can still be purchased by Club 33 visitors in the lobby area. With the 2014 remodel came a restructuring of membership types from silver and gold tiers to just a platinum tier. The fees associated with the membership, of course, also went up. This is Disneyland, after all. While those costs have never been publicly released, it is reported that the membership fee itself is somewhere around $25,000, with annual dues being something in the neighborhood of $11,000. And that does not include the price of food or drink. In line with Walt's original vision, Club 33 is certainly the exclusive getaway that he envisioned for the celebrities, dignitaries, and business partners that might visit his park. It is also the most coveted and elusive experience in all of Disneyland. 
but one that is fun to dream about nonetheless. In January 2016, your Discovery Land host had the honor, privilege, and quite possibly the once in a lifetime opportunity to experience an evening at Club 33. From start to finish, it was truly as magical and wonderful as you might imagine. From the entry foyer, where Lillian Disney's harpsichord sits across from the long hallway to the jazz lounge, to the beautifully appointed dining room, And yes, even the ornately decorated restrooms, Club 33's atmosphere did not disappoint. In fact, just being there was beyond thrilling. I got to enjoy a five course meal, which included risotto fritters, salad of smoked duck, sauteed veal sweetbreads, pumpkin gnocchi, a cheese course, and a dessert of pumpkin beignets with a pumpkin parfait. The drinks were top notch, including the finest Moscow meal I have ever had the opportunity to enjoy. To say that collectively it was the best meal experience I have ever had, at least up to this point, would be an understatement. Four hours have never flown by so fast, and as difficult as it was, eventually it was time to depart back into the theme park masses below. But not before signing the guest book, and certainly not before buying a few souvenirs from the club to commemorate my visit. Truly, this was as memorable an evening as they come. And as someone who loves Disneyland history, visiting Club 33 will always be a highlight of my Disneyland fandom and an experience I will never forget. There's no place like Disneyland, and around every corner of the park is some hidden history waiting to be discovered. I hope you'll join me next time for another adventure into the vibrant history of the Magic Kingdom. I'd love to hear from you. You can write to Discoveryland by emailing discoverylandshow at yahoo.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at discoverylandshow and on Twitter at discoverylandvc. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Disneyland has now ended its normal operating day. We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the Magic Kingdom and that you'll be back with us again soon.